0: The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is The Movie Zone. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
1: Hey there, we're back. Yeah, Another edition of The Movie Zone. Forget your troubles. Forget your woes and your strife. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and escape to the world of movies with me, Austin Horton, and he, Johnny Lightfoot. Hey, Austin. Sup, Johnny? How's the new job treating you? Dude, it's good, but you know what? I'm stoked for tonight. Why?
0: I'm going to a movie after this show.
1: In the theater? In the theater, baby. In the Megaplex Theater? In a Megaplex Theater. Oh my gosh, and that's we're going to start and talk a lot about that right now. Yeah, I'm excited! Because we we did it, everybody. We made it through, looks like we made it. I'd like to thank the Academy for everything. (laughs) Megaplex Theaters is back, open, and running, operating. You've got the concessions, you've got the social distancing, and you've got the movie theater experience. Take that, COVID! I love it. I am, I am ready, man.
0: I like I said, I'm so excited. Soon as, soon as we hit off air, I'm out the
1: door, man. and I'm going to. A what movie. are you gonna see? We're gonna go see Back to the Future. And see that is the beautiful thing that's taking place right now with yeah. the, with Megaplex theaters. Is though there are no new releases for a couple weeks still uh, to come out, you can go see a movie that you either never got the chance to see in the theater, yep. or re see one of your favorite movies. In the theater at Megaplex Theater with the, the surround sound, the seats, the concessions. Yeah. It's the, the reclining seats, the the, the leather, what the I heated, did. the cooling, whatever you got. That's what I did. Megaplex Theaters is the way to go, and I'm so glad that they're back open. And I never got a chance to see Back to the Future oh, in the theater. Oh. I was a little too young. Yeah. I didn't okay. see Back to the Future till several years after it actually okay. was made. I did get to see it in the
0: theater originally, but what I'm stoked about is my son obviously never got to it. How old to. is your son? He's 12. Perfect. <laughs> so he loves the movie, but we're going to take him, and it was his choice. He, he got to choose between The Goonies or... Back to the Future and he chose Back to the Future so in which I'm stoked about. I love both movies. Goofy's uh, is
1: fine, but Back to the Future yes. is the choice.
0: And uh so he's excited to see it in the theater cuz as you mentioned, not everyone got a chance to see it and now you can.
1: And there's a bunch of movies that you can choose from with times oh, to and, everything. And the seating uh app or the seating technology on, on Megaplex theaters website, uh, it will automatically give your group the space that the cdc and local health guidelines suggest yep you don't have to worry about anything honestly you go to the movies as though there is no pandemic and the theater is taking care of the pandemic side for you so you don't you can just escape and yeah. enjoy a leisurely night out at Megaplex Theatres.
0: And as I've mentioned many times, I love that idea because there's nothing worse than sitting next to someone chewing their popcorn really loud. <laughs> yes, now, you don't have to worry about that unless it's the person you're with.
1: Yeah, that's why I do prefer uh, to go to the, uh, the the full experience seats at Megaplex Theatres oh, where they're, yeah. they're these big recliners and it's just you and your date or whoever yeah. right there next yeah. to each other. And you feel like you're in your own Home theater at Megaplex theaters.
0: You know, now Megaplex doesn't do this, but have you seen some of the theaters back east that actually have beds?
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. You're not because you fall asleep. Yes, and I I don't. That's why I have movies at home, is so (laughs) I can sleep. (laughs) That's what I don't want to sleep in the theater, and then everyone's snoring. Nah pass on that right i think that would happen but i do kind of a lot like of these idea. seats at megaplex are more comfortable oh. than a lot of people's beds anyway i, I have to admit there's been a <laughs> couple of times i've fallen asleep in the movies <laughs> at, at a megaplex watching because the seats are so comfortable well and uh, because megaplex theaters is reopening and you can go see a movie at megaplex theaters right now yeah we wanted to ask you what is a movie that you would like to see re-released in theaters now Not remade, not relaunched, not rebooted. A movie that you like... That you would like to again see in the theater or see in the theater for the first time. So you're saying a film that has already been made, left theaters.
0: Yes. You want to see that again in the theater.
1: Right. Kind of like what they do with the silver screen classics at Megaplex Theater every summer. A couple years ago, I finally got to see Ben Hur, the original Ben Hur. Wow. In theater sound and theater, uh, you know, screen size. Sure. And it changed, and I love that movie. It's a masterpiece. Yep. But to see it in the theater really does it justice. Wow.
0: You know, I got to see Grease a few years ago, your favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, in the theater, <laughs> and it, it was fun seeing it. The only thing that I wish they would have done, uh, th- they usually don't show previews for obvious reasons. But I wish they would show the previews that went with the movie back in the day.
1: Oh, that would be, that cool. Would be cool. Wouldn't yeah. that be really cool to see? <laughs> that'd be an undertaking to try and get that done. But, but that'd it would be, awesome. be fun, right? So uh, on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot, at Zone Sports Net, we've asked you which of your favorite movies would you most like to see re-released in theaters. Our guy Mike, Ute Shasta Trailer, says that he had tickets to see the 40th anniversary of Airplane back in May. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. that didn't happen, yeah. but that would be a fun one to see in theaters. Surely you must be joking. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Guthrie, first Rocky movie or Field of Dreams? Wow. Those are both great choices to see in the theaters Man, experience. We got to talk about Rocky
0: one day because that, that's really cool. What, what he went through to make that movie.
1: Oh, you mean St- Stallone? Stallone, so yeah. yeah. He gave up everything he had. He Gave up his dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bucky says a quiet place was such a unique in theater experience. I would like to experience that one again. Oh well, it'd be quiet. Did you place see too. that in the in the theater? I did. Not a sound. No. No, no one in the th- in the audience made a sound. There was no popcorn chewing. Nothing. It's weird. It was very weird. But it was cool. Mike says the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And extended cut Lord of the Rings. I'm extended with them. cut? I'm with them on the TMNT. What, do they walk more? <laughs> yes, in the extended <laughs> cut of Lord of the Rings, there's more walking. Okay. But hey, Mike's a big fan.
0: No, hey, seriously, those are great films, and we've talked about them before. They are great films, but it's a lot of walking. I don't know if I can handle an extended cut of that. I couldn't.
1: My uh, my One of my favorite movie theater experiences, though, memories, is seen. The original TMNT in theaters. Yeah. Our cousin took us, uh, and it was just me and my siblings and our cousin, and the whole theater was empty. Really? And we had a blast. Were you
0: running around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's
1: what you have to do. And I, that's why I own that movie to this day, is so I can watch relive. it and relive that moment. So wow. I like that answer from Mike. Okay. Roger goes with Independence Day in Atmos. An Atmos? That's the sound system. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, I'm sorry. And that is absolutely a good answer. Robert goes with Empire of the Sun. Ooh. Marcus says it's an easy choice. Gravity on IMAX is the greatest movie experience I've ever had. Yeah. Watching it on a small screen diminishes its greatness so much. And that is probably why I hate that movie, Marcus, is I watched it on my phone. Oh, what? And hated every second of it. I saw that movie in the Megaplex, in the chairs that move. The D-Box? Yes. And that would make a difference. It was. I felt like I was right there with him. Greg says Jaws would be a good movie to okay. re-release, and yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And then finally, this from Jeff. He says, heavyweights, dumb and dumber, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. He was too young to see those comedies in theaters. Would love to see it up on the big screen. Wow. What what would be a movie you would pick? Well, um,
0: let's see. I always have to go with my standby. You know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I want to see the original, un-George Lucas-fied edited in edited-in-the-90s version, what came out of empire strikes back okay
1: the right. original 80s yes but on the big screen yes. no mid 90s no additions
0: no. but um that's that's obviously my go-to but if i was to really kind of sit
1: down with it i would like to see like the godfathers one and two. Oh, that's a good answer yep that's yeah. a great answer uh i'm along the the same lines in the genre or at least the fill of the movie i never got to see my f- one of my favorite movies of all time two of them never got to see these in theater Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, and Saving Private Ryan. I saw both of those in the Did theater. You? Yeah, I'm sure it's just, and they're both phenomenal movies uh, at home on the on the, oh, the yeah. on the screen or on your phone. But to see them in the theater, I w- I think I'd fall even more in love with how, how perfect those movies are. So
0: a couple uh, Halloweens ago, mm-hmm. they uh, the Megaplex showed the original Halloween. Oh really? And I went back and watched it. It was funny. Was it really? It was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool to see, but it was funny. Well, that's, uh, that's what you can do right now at Megaplex Theaters. Check out MegaplexTheaters.com. See what movies there are available. You can go to the movie theater again. I am. Rejoice. I am going tonight. They've made it happen. Coming up next, we've got uh, a, few, a couple very special guests. Mm-hmm. Gary Crandall and Marshall Moore of Utah Film Studios will join us. Season 3 of Yellowstone, it's been made, it's rolling out. Will there be a season four made here in Utah? We really hope so, but there's a few hurdles in the way. Gary and Marshall are going to share those hurdles with us and what we, the people, can do to help them get over those hurdles and keep that production here in the state of Utah. It's up next right here on The Movie Zone.
0: you're locked on to the movie zone on
1: 97 5, 1280 the zone and the zone sports Network welcome back segment two of the movie zone Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot here with you soundtrack of the week we're going with Toy Story mm-hmm. we're not gonna tell you why just yet you have to tune in for segment three to as we go uh into the archives. But isn't this a great song? It's a terrific song, and uh, probably Randy Newman's best, ah, and that's saying something. By far. Now, we we have to uh, get out to the phone lines real quickly because we got a good couple of friends rejoining us from Utah Film Studios, and they're on the line right now. The powers that be at the Utah Film Studios, good friends and supporters of the movie zone, and if you are a fan of Yellowstone, mm-hmm. which judging by the ratings everybody's a fan i am of yellowstone these are the guys to talk to this week we've got gary crandall owner operator and mastermind of utah film studios and marshall moore uh are very good friends here back on the line gary marshall good to have you both how are you <clears throat> We're great. How are you guys doing? We're doing fine. We're excited to have you on. Now, Marshall, we'll, we'll talk to you in just a moment. But, Gary, we've not had you on the show for quite some time, uh, or maybe ever. I know we've had your sons before, and I'm not sure I've spoken to you live on the air before. But I, I just want to say... Thank you from the bottom of my heart and Johnny's heart as as oh, yeah. film fans for buying and purchasing and operating such a great uh, tool for the film industry here in Utah Utah Film Studios When did you get involved what what sparked your interest in the first place to purchase Utah Film Studios?
2: Well, actually, we got involved uh, pretty pretty uh, early in the process. In fact, uh, uh, Greg Erickson, it was his idea and his baby, and he started uh, uh, getting it approved and uh, permitted through uh, Park City. And uh, uh, we got involved shortly thereafter. We actually put up the money and built it. And uh, we were basically uh, took over the management of it at that time. And then uh, later on, uh, uh, Erickson and I uh, reached an agreement for us to totally buy him out. And we took over complete ownership and operation. I think that was about uh, 2017. We actually started construction. We got involved in it in, uh, I think it was 2014. And so, uh, yeah, we've been involved with it for quite some time. We were uh, involved in with Marshall to go to uh, Los Angeles, and with ABC, uh, we brought uh, Blood and Oil to the facility there. Hmm. So we've uh, basically been involved with it from uh, day one of uh, operation.
0: It's a, you know, I've, I'm familiar with the building. I've never been inside of it, but I've, I've seen it on my way up to Camus and whatnot. But I love the fact that you have these three huge stages inside of it and let me ask you are you able just to like tear a complete thing down and build it in a day or how long does it take to fill up that stage for a uh this is for gary by the way sorry
2: actually uh that depends on you know what they want to put in it the, like you say there are three different stages One of the uh, two of the stages can be opened up and made into one large stage, though, because of a big uh, elephant door that separates them in the interior. But that all depends on the size of the sets, you know, how complicated they are, and whatever. Uh, We just rent it over to like Yellowstone, and they bring in the crew and the carpenters and the uh, the magicians that make it happen, and uh, they they do it just as quickly as they can. But it could take. uh, from anywhere from a few days to a, a week or more or, or longer to actually uh, construct a set like the Yellowstone uh, some of those sets uh, took uh, quite a while to actually build it was really interesting uh, I went through it and uh, they were uh, in uh, uh, the uh, bedroom on Yellowstone set there and they were tearing down this fireplace and I said my word why are you tearing this down and they had a picture of the original house up in Montana that it was taken from. And they said, well, see, the stones aren't quite right. So they wanted this to be perfect. Wow. And so they put a lot of time and effort into really duplicating the, the real product.
1: Marshall, you've been involved with a lot of different movies and TV shows in your career. Yellowstone has got to be near the top uh, of shows you've worked with, the production and the quality and the acting and the writing. What, in your opinion, Marshall, makes Yellowstone so popular enough that we've got a season three and beyond coming our way?
3: Well, first of all, at its core, it's a, it's a very good show. I mean, the writing is great. The acting is great. The storyline, the characters are compelling. So the show, in and of itself, as a TV show, is is phenomenal. And there's a lot of people who are are just beginning to to learn and recognize that. And yeah, I, I've been involved, of course, being the director of the Film Commission, and working at the studio for the last five years, and my whole career, thirty plus years. Yellowstone is right, probably one of the top five shows that I've ever been associated with or involved with. It is the largest single Production to ever set foot in the state of Utah. Wow! And uh, we are really honored that they chose Utah Film Studios uh, as their base of operation for the last uh, for the last three years, and they haven't gone anywhere else to seek any kind of uh, production support uh, in the state. They all their sets are there, as Gary mentioned. Uh, all their offices are there. Their construction shop is there. Their special effects paint shop. And a lot of locations are nearby in the rural counties of, uh, you know, uh, Wasatch County, Summit County, Tooele County. Uh, they film a lot in uh, Oakley at Thousand Peaks Ranch. So they've used the studio as a great platform for uh, you know, all this activity around it.
0: Now, you know, Marshall, I, uh, I was in season one.
3: Oh, and what I, I had my my
0: like half a second of fame during the uh, whiskey Myers bar scene that was filmed up at uh, the Ogden bar up there. Oh wow!
3: So meaning you had to freeze the frame to see yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was it was
0: one of those. I got my 0.5 of a second of uh, screen time, but I but no, you're exactly right. I think this is a great show, and the fact that it's done here and there's a lot of Utah people involved in this, obviously as extras. It's it's awesome, and I do agree. I think this is probably the largest thing that's ever been done here.
3: So, uh, Gary. Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Marshall. Well, I was going to say, in terms of large, let me clarify. They're, they're spending between twenty and thirty million dollars per season. Yeah. Just in Utah, hmm. the show costs way more than that. The show costs eighty million dollars a season, but we're getting a, a good chunk of that left right here in Utah for our crew our goods and services, cast members, everything. Yep. So that's, that's what makes it the largest-scale production.
1: I'm glad you said that because that's where I was going to lead Gary here is when we started the interview, I thanked you for having uh, the, the gall and the, the dream to have Utah Film Studios here because I believe in the economics that the film industry uh, does for the state of Utah. And, Gary, I understand we, we're, we're a rich state for uh, for companies to come and do their their movies and shows here because of all the you can be in you can be on mars or you can be uh in a, a western in a matter of 10 minutes drive from the airport but we can do better can't we with the film incentives that we offer to the companies in this state
2: Yeah, the the film incentive uh, actually is really low if you compare it to a lot of the other states that have incentives. Uh, I think it's uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia, I don't think they have a cap on theirs. I know that, uh, I think it's New Mexico, uh, they had a, and Marshall can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they had a $50 million uh, incentive program and uh, um, the governor ran ran on reelection and increased it to a hundred million dollars, and we have about uh, six million dollars, six and a half million dollars, uh, that goes to television and that, uh, and so. Montana, they just came out with a new one, and they, they came right off of the bat with a $10 million. So we are really, really down on the totem pole. And actually, we lose about $90 million a year in business uh, per year. And so in the last five years, it's been about $450 million that we've actually lost. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And and.
3: And remember, guys, that this all the payments from the state of Utah come as post-performance. The production companies have to spend this money first, these millions that Gary's talking about first, before Utah will give them a rebate. Yes, they get pre-approved, but nothing is paid out until they prove they spent the money and created the jobs.
1: So, So to be clear, and we've talked about this before, that dollar, they know they'll be getting the rebate back later, but not until they have spent that dollar in the state of Utah and it goes towards our communities and and building our economy here first.
3: It goes through a very stringent third-party audit. Go ahead, Gary.
2: And the thing that I like to point out is, just an example, let's say, Austin, that we give you, or the film industry gives you, or excuse me, Yellowstone gives you $30 million. I'll take it. Thank you. you. Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> then then you, do you give that thirty million dollars to Johnny? Yep. And then there we go. Johnny gives that thirty million to Marshall. Wait a second. And Marshall gives that thirty to me. So I mean, the spend on goods and services and and all these different stores in town, and they have to have all these employers, employees that work there. The spend on uh, hotel rooms and all these different things, and all these people then they get it and they respend that dollar. So it's over that thirty million dollars goes roughly through about four or five generations. So in actuality, that $30 million becomes the equivalent of $150 million. And it gets taxed everywhere along that line. So if you just look at it for one year, It's not that great. But when you look at all the generations, it becomes profitable to the state, very profitable. We've seen results from other state studies that shows that they get between a dollar and a half to over $2 return for every dollar spent on the incentive. Uh, wow. Wow.
1: That being along those lines, Gary, I want you to respond first, and then, Marshall, if you'd add a comment thereafter what can we do as a normal person in the state of Utah to help these these incentives grow larger and keep these companies here in this state Gary you go ahead
2: well we we've uh, really need to get uh, the legislators and the governor to uh, have a larger vision uh, they 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 uh, haven't really seen the value like the other states have seen. And so we are putting our support behind the re-election of Governor Huntsman because he is very friendly towards the film and and television industry. He's actually come to us and and asked for our support. and, And we want to really get behind him because he's indicated that he's willing to put it into his budget and increase it up possibly as high as $30 million. That would now really put us on the map, and, uh, and, and we could really stop losing this $90 million a year that's going to other states.
3: And, and, and as Kerry said, that will benefit everybody, not just Yellowstone, not just the studio. We're talking about benefiting the entire state the crew base, the cast, people who want to be extras, all the vendors that support it. It's not just about one entity. It's about the entire state benefiting from what's going on here. And the whole reason this incentive program was created, and if you go back and read the original language of the very first film incentive bill uh, drafted in 2004, I'll narrow it down to two words, successfully uh, successfully compete is one of the the phrases that they use that i'll even narrow it down to one word successfully (laughs) we are not we are not successfully competing right now because we haven't kept we haven't kept the pace with what we could be doing for the amount of interest there is in the state of utah we don't have to go out and beg for people to come here they want to come here (laughs) they (laughs) they want our doors to be open but essentially we're saying that those doors are partially closed and then sometimes fully closed. Mm. Uh, and they're not able to come here when they want to. So on on
0: saying that, and this is probably for Gary here, how many days a year would you say something is being filmed in there? Is it is it kind of a constant thing, or is it just maybe summer or just winter? How, how does that
2: work? <laughs> well, actually, uh, I think the first year that they filmed there, they, uh, well, let me mention a couple of things. One, they had this really big uh, Indian powwow, and they brought in, I don't know, 500 uh, Native Americans from all across the United States, and it was an awesome activity. And they were there for the whole day for about a, uh, I, I don't know, a few minutes uh, worth of television. Hmm. But that was really an awesome and That was outside. Fight. That was outside. And that was all outside. That's right. But they don't feel, they're, they're not actually at the film studio all that much. Maybe 20 days a year. And the rest of the time they're out like at a thousand peaks out of Twilla or Wasatch County or they're all over the state and that's with the film industry and and you know the same thing basically happens with high school musical and so they go all around the state and and they're filming and like Marshall said the whole state benefits it's not we're we're just a small part in the film industry here for Utah and but the thing that the thing that we're that we're concerned about and why we appreciate being on the air today is that with the incident that we have right now, I think it's 6.7. Marshall knows the numbers better than me. But really, we, we, we are actually have two large productions right now with High School Musical with ABC and Yellowstone being here. We're actually spending between 10 a half to over $11 million a year. And so the way that they've been able to do that, because we only have a 6.75 budget, So really we're spinning into the future and now we're going to be paying for it because we understand, we haven't been notified or anything, but we understand that Yellowstone is strongly considering leaving the state to to go to Montana or someplace else because the state is out of money. And that means that we as an industry is going to be out of money. So I think as soon as High School Musical finishes up, which they're doing uh, presently, they're in their their final for this season, they're going to be out of money too. So actually there's not going to be any money in the state for possibly two or three years. So the industry may just be dried up for that time unless – we can convince the state legislators or a new governor, Huntsman, uh, to increase the incentive immediately and possibly even retroactive in order to get these guys to stay. Otherwise, we're going to lose the whole industry, and that's not going to look favorably upon Utah when, like, Yellowstone comes thinking that they've got the incentive going forward And come to find out that it's been divided into two parts. And and so they've spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to build these sets. And they may be forced to tear all those down and take them and rebuild them all in another state. And I don't think that's going to look good for the state of Utah saying, hey, come here. But then we're going to kick you out.
1: Right. And that's that's exactly a, a good capping statement on that, because uh, what, what we have is an opportunity to really take advantage of the beautiful richness that this state has to offer and get rich off of the richness the state has to offer. If we'll use all the tools available to us and that that means we got to. Open the doors a little more Like you were saying earlier, Marshall We've got the door We've got this beautiful uh, chest of tools So to speak But we keep only uh, allowing people to check out The flathead screwdriver Rather than the whole complement of the tools
3: Yeah,
2: very
3: very limiting Uh, Lately, uh, you know We've been Outside of Yellowstone and High School Musical There's a handful of independent films That come through, Hallmark Movies Uh, and, uh, you know, independent film that is a lot smaller in size, nevertheless important to the state, they just don't employ as many people or they don't last as long. Yellowstone has lasted three years. That's almost unheard of in a market like this. Mm. You can name on one hand what shows have been here three years. Touched by an Angel, nine seasons. Everwood, five seasons. Granted, flat three or four seasons. So, you see what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, already, Yellowstone's three three consecutive years but with the highest amount of spending than any other show that's ever been here. And we're turning our and back they on wanna, it. And,
2: and Say that And again, they want to film season four. But the state says they don't have any – the state yeah. says that they have a million dollars to give them, huh. and Montana says we'll give you $10 million.
1: It's a no-brainer so, at that right. point, yeah. yeah. And, and we yeah. can't have that happen.
2: Exactly.
3: Austin, well, the other thing that you mentioned, which is really good about what we have to offer here in the state, part of the legislation does describe that, too. It says the purpose of this industry is to photograph our mountains, right? photograph our rivers, photograph our deserts. That's part of why we do this you know and to create jobs
1: yep it's a it's an acting commercial uh, that makes you money. You're spending money to make that commercial, yeah. but then you make money because they come and make the commercial here. And it's a movie and it's a TV show and it's, sometimes it's actual commercials. Uh, but but gentlemen, it's an important message. And I thank you for your time to come on our show and share with our listening audience the things they can do to make sure that we keep the film industry alive in Utah because it keeps everything else alive in the economy and at this time and day and age with a pandemic and everything else going on Mm -hmm. we need to all do everything we possibly can to keep that economy as strong as possible and i thank you for uh sending that message out there today and uh if we can't get behind a, a successful show like yellowstone then we are just pretending at the legislature level that we want to be open for business and i thank you for educating us on that uh topic today
3: Well, uh, Austin, we thank you very much for being supportive of the industry and the coverage you give and the time you spend uh, caring about what's going on, actually making movies. I know you cover movies that are made and do reviews, but also the making of the movies in the state is so important. Thank you for the time you give to that.
1: You got it. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate your time as well.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for you guys. We appreciate you.
1: There you go. Thanks to Gary Crandall and Marshall Moore of Utah Film Studios. If you missed those comments, check them out in replay form at twelve eighty thezonecom com. Johnny, important stuff shared there. V- of very. course, they, they shared ways that you can uh, you can choose the vote uh, in uh, in a way that supports their ideas and the incentives there uh, in the film industry in Utah. And for me, that's a really important thing to notice.
0: It, I think it is, and. Uh it's really important to keep filming here as well i mean yep. it bring it brings in a lot of dollars to our state it employs a lot of extras people not only maybe catering as well i mean the list is huge.
1: electricians construction everything medical yes. on and on and on and yes. on it's down to the guy that services the copy machine at the utah film yeah, studios it,
0: it, it really does employ a lot of people and it's it's important to keep it here and Besides, I think it's cool that Yellowstone is filmed Really here. cool. I like just saying that, that
1: yeah, Yellowstone's filmed in Utah. And when a guy with the cachet of Kevin Costner and Taylor Sheridan can go to the other people in Hollywood and say, you'll love making your movie or your TV show in Utah, yes. that carries a lot of weight. Yeah, we don't want to lose that. So. No, nope, we don't. All right, our thanks to Utah Film Studios for their time today. Coming up next, from the archives, 10 years ago today... One of the mo- best-selling, most money-making animations of all time was released. Yeah. I'll tell you about it next here on The Movie <laughs> Zone. You're
0: locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone
1: Sports Network. not me, when- Welcome back, final segment of the Movie Zone this week. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you once again. The soundtrack of the week, Toy Story. But this one comes from Toy Story Trace. 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 Which is what we're doing for From the Archives because on this day, 10 years ago, 2010, Toy Story 3 was uh, released in theaters. And Johnny, we've got some facts and factoids about that movie, including how it was the most uh, made, made money by an animated film ever to that point. Was it ever, too. So Toy Story 3, obviously 2010, today.
0: Dig this, dude. It had a budget of $200 million.
1: Wow. Just the budget, wow. right? Animated films are not inexpensive.
0: No, those actors cost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, gross USA was $415 million, but worldwide, over $1 b b billion. That's his right with a b. 1 billion. Of first course, first
1: animated film to ever make that much money.
0: I know, isn't that amazing? That's I think pretty. that's really cool. Way right to go. Way to go Pixar. Now tell me, didn't this The Toy Story 3 kind of make you a little sad at the end? Yeah. Yeah, I cried. I it was so did I. And I'm mad enough to say that I did because it was sad seeing Andy hand off his toys to was Bonnie, right? And yeah. uh and kind of and the Truthfully, I thought that was the end. I didn't think
1: there would be a Toy Story 4. No, nah, uh, I didn't either, but, you know. Probably neither did Pixar. wasn't my money said, that uh, I was trying to make either. Until they said cha-ching. <laughs>
0: of course, Toy Story 3 uh, features Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Joan Cusack, and uh, Michael Keaton as Ken, which is one of my favorite characters in the movie. He's great, yep. But also, as every Pixar movie has... It has Cliff Clavin in it. John, how do you say his name? (laughs) Ratzenberger. Thank you. Ratzenberger. He played Ham, but he is in every Pixar. I wonder what deal he signed with them to get that.
1: Yeah, he plays at least a bit
0: role. He has a line, at least, minimum. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this is a little bit of trivia slash history in here. Uh, Did you know, Austin, that in the original Toy Story in 95... Lotso the bear, which in Toy Story 3 is the bad guy. Yeah, right. But Lotso was in Toy Story 1.
1: You told me this before the show, and I think there needs to be an asterisk next to that. You but think Go so? ahead and tell our listeners right. why. So
0: in um, Toy Story 1, during the quote-unquote staff meeting that Woody <laughs> had, he asked the toys, hey, up on the shelf, can you, can you hear me? Right? To make sure that everyone could hear him. You see a shot of a pinkish, big, big sized pinkish bear. The director, uh, John, claims that's Lotso. And he originally wanted Lotso to be in Toy Story 1, but Pixar at that time could not get the fur right on him. And so they just opted to make him a big pink bear up on the
1: shelf. Right. And so it looks nothing like Lotso. Right. From Toy Story 3, it's just simply a pink teddy bear, which I find extremely convenient for uh, John Lasseter to point to and say, oh, yeah, that was Lotto, and really, <laughs> I, I don't think so. But You never know, man. It, it, it could but it's the, his I, movie, not mine. So. Right,
0: right? I don't know. It's what it says. Of course, this was uh, the first sequel, even though it's the trequel, right?
1: Yeah, the threequel.
0: Threequel. Yeah. Uh, first sequel to be nominated for Best Picture... Without any of its predecessors being nominated. Wow. So one and two were not nominated, but three was.
1: That's, and it didn't win, obviously. No. But still, to be nominated, that's really good. That's cool. This is this is the one I love. There are
0: over 302 different characters in the film.
1: That's so crazy. And you think about it, they're at that daycare center. Yeah. And there's... St- Toys in the background constantly. So of I, I course counted them sense. all. Yeah, I'm sure you. I did. I sat and counted. That's, not a, that's one. not a fact. You looked up. That was when <laughs> you just found yeah. yourself. And that, of course, that's the most of any Pixar film. They also said that uh, the hardest thing they've ever had to animate at Pixar was in this. It was in this film. It's the garbage oh, at the dump.
0: The very end of the movie, right yeah, when
1: they're and you see all the all the shredded up, cut up, yeah. mashed up garbage. They said that's the hardest thing they've ever had to animate at Pixar. I believe it. That I mean, it's. Let's be honest.
0: Pixar movies are amazing when it comes to animation. I mean, I don't think anybody holds a candle to them. Yeah. And to do that and make it look real, which they did, it's it's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. Now uh, this is another thing that I stopped the movie and counted. Okay. You know Ken, which was played by Michael Keaton. Yeah. He had twenty one different outfits.
1: And you see all of them. And it's fabulous. He does that little uh, fashion show for Barbie. That's what I mean. <laughs> he had some great... He kind of
0: looked like... And don't... If there's any uh, realtors out there, sorry. But he kind of looks like one of those cheesy realtor guys. On, you the, know? on
1: the bus bench with a thumbs yeah, up. Yes, yes. You know what I mean. I'll make your house a home. <laughs> yes, that guy. Fred Fredson. Realty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I, the, the, now, if you like prison movies... You probably like Toy Story 3. Yes. And that's not by accident. The makers of this movie studied films such as The Great Escape, Shawshank Redemption, and others to kind of nail that idea of a prison escape movie. And that's honestly why I love Toy Story 3, Johnny, is it's a little more... Uh, adult, to use a word. Yeah. And, and that, that prison escape scene where the Fisher-Price phone is telling them how to do it. <laughs> it's so good. It's brilliant. It's so good. This whole thing, I mean, all the Toy Stories are excellent movies.
0: Yes, I agree. From from one, two. I, you know, two is one of those examples where it
1: might be just as good, maybe a little better than one even. Well, that's I rank them in this order. I go two, one, four, three. Do you? Yep. Okay. I see? thought two was... So uh, the only problem I have with Toy Story 2 is they did the dumb outtakes uh, <laughs> during the, the credits. I like that. That's dumb. I
0: like that where the microphone falls into the screen. Yes. I like stupid. that stuff. It's, it's very classic It makes Bert it Reynolds. look like
1: they're actors rather than actual characters. It bothers They're me. not
0: actors. They're movie stars. <laughs> now, uh, Don Rickles, who... Uh,
1: Rest in peace. Yes, was Mr. Potato Head. This was his last film. He did not do anything for Toy Story 4. They just used his voice. He died in
0: 2017. Wow. So uh, this was the last film that he did before his
1: uh, death, unfortunately. So they had to use stuff that they had cut out of the other movies for Toy Story 4.
0: I'm I'm assuming so. And actually,
1: you'll notice in Toy Story 4, a lot of those classic characters don't have a lot of speaking lines. Right. And that's because not only was Don had passed away, Estelle Harris... Who played Miss Potato Head? Had passed away. Yep. Uh, Vern, not what I'm sorry. The the James yeah. Veach. What was his name? Uh, Ver- Verney. Ver- Varney. Vernie. Varney. James Varney. That's the, right. Uh, what, Jim Varney. Yeah. Jim. Jim Varney. He yeah. played Slinky Dog. He actually died after the first film. Now wasn't he Ernest? He did play Ernest. Yeah. Yes. He was Ernest. And they've had they had in in the second film they used some of his cutting floor stuff. Okay. For Slinky Dog. The other two, they used a voice impersonator for the slinky dog. Well, they, In four, they did a good job because I truthfully didn't even notice it. Four, they may have used cutting room floor stuff because yeah. he didn't have money lines.
0: I liked him. I thought he was funny. I never liked his movies, but I just liked the character. You never Ernest. liked
1: Ernest movies? No, You're man. Lying. Ernest You're goes lying. to
0: camp? Are you kidding me? Hit
1: us with one more factoid about Toy Story 3.
0: Boy, um, I believe to do Woody's face. He has over 250
1: different movements of animation. Wow. To make just his face. Just the face, and that would make sense. Yeah. He does a lot of emotion with his face. Yes. That a human would do. is that impressive though? But then to make that onto an animation, that would be a feat. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, as we mentioned, I love
0: these movies. I could keep watching Toy Story 11 if they made it, you know. (laughs) I I love them. I think they're great. I think they're not only for children. As you mentioned, they're very adult as well. They have adult humor in it. And Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, that relationship is just great. And they, they insisted, those two, about doing their lines together. I don't know if you know, a lot of these voice actors go in and they cut their lines with just someone feeding them other lines. Right. They insisted that the two of them go in and do their lines together. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's really cool because I think they get a better play that
1: way. Except for the final line in Toy Story 4. They did not cut that one together. They did not. In fact, Tim Tim's script had the final line in it. Tom's didn't. Really? Because they wanted one of them to at least have raw emotion reaction. Wow. And they did not give it to Tom until they were cutting that line wow. and they played Tim's in his ear and then Tom's line flashed on a monitor in front of him and he said and beyond. Wow. And that's his real raw emotion one take. So I
0: wonder if I wonder if they did that because Tom is such a great actor with the emotions. I mean, Captain Phillips, the end of Captain Phillips is just like, wow. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if they did that to get that real raw reaction I, from him. That he
1: could do so well. It worked, yep. And Tom has said it was a good thing Tim wasn't there because Tom doesn't think he would have been able to get through it. Man. If he had been looking at Tim in that, on that line.
0: So that sounds like. Uh, so they cut
1: everything except that together.
0: So that sounds like Toy Story 4. That's well, it. Might be it. That Toy Story 11 is not going to happen.
1: New, But oh. you can watch these 11 times in one day and not ever get bored of them. You so. absolutely can. That's it for From the Archives, and that is it for the Movie Zone this week. Johnny, well done, sir. Same to you, buddy. Good Thank job. Thank you very much. We'll be back in a week's time. With uh, more uh, Movies Owned, our thanks to Utah Film Studios' Gary Crandall and Marshall Moore for talking with us today about Yellowstone and film incentives in the state. And uh, our thanks to uh, you for tuning in and participating as you do each and every week. Next week, we've got a local filmmaker named Brandon Smith. He's got a monster thriller about a local... Legend. Yeah. That we'll talk to you about uh, next week, right here on the Movie Zone. For Johnny Lightfoot, I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week here on the Movie Zone.